girl, you've got questions. Questions about your body and how to feel good in it, about your hormones and how to keep them in check. Questions about your sex life and your whole health. Can you imagine having a best girlfriend who was also a triple board certified OBGYN? A girlfriend doctor you could call and ask or tell her anything. Someone who could show you how to live any stage of life before, during, or after menopause in a big, bold, and beautiful way. Well, friends, I'm your girlfriend doctor. I believe you were meant to flourish and shine, to embrace life and awaken to all its possibilities. Let's get there together. Welcome to our show. Welcome back to the Girlfriend Doctor Show. I'm Dr. Anna, and I'm excited to be here with all of you today. During this holiday season, I am incredibly grateful to have you in my community and to be able to share today's topic, which is near and dear to my heart, with all of you. It is really about traveling safely during the holidays, connecting safely during the holidays, how we can keep ourselves healthy and resilient and strong and those we love healthy, resilient, and strong as well. So with that, I want to welcome you to the Girlfriend Doctor Show, and we're going to dig into our expert conversations around coronavirus and what to do, how to prevent, how to travel safely and stay strong while we're doing it. But first, let's go to our caller because, you know, I'm loving my hot seat here and loving the questions that you are bringing in. And this topic has come up over and over again. So let's go to our caller. Hi, Dr. Anna. This is Amber. I'm 43 years old, and I have two children in elementary school and one coming back from college. And I'm just wondering, how do I keep everyone safe for the holidays? Great question. And that is certainly a question on all of our minds during this holiday season. So we're going to dig into it with our experts. And today I have on the virtual couch, Dr. Filmena Trindade and Dr. Elisa Song, both friends and amazing holistic, integrative, functional practitioners that are bringing you some cutting edge advice and recommendations for us to stay strong, healthy, resilient, and connected this holiday season as we answer that question about travel. Welcome, welcome, Filmena. It's so great to be here with you and to be crossing the ocean to have this conversation, this very important conversation. I want to introduce you to my... Thank you. I want to introduce you to my audience. Everyone, this is Dr. Filmena Trindade. She is a dear friend of mine. We've known each other since 2009, lecturing on stage at the Institute of Functional Medicine, most prestigious functional medicine conference. And with her Portuguese background and my Portuguese background, we became instant friends. And she is so decorated with certificates, awards. She's one of the sought after educators in integrative and functional medicine. She is a profound teacher a specialty in all things related to functional medicine, but especially adrenal and hormonal health and bringing this into balance in her multi-pronged approach. And I have the pleasure of going to visit her in Portugal and stay and meeting her family and her meeting mine way back, way back 2010, I think it was. Well, welcome, Filmena. Thanks for joining me today. Thank you. So the topic that I want to talk about is I want you to talk about your experience too as a physician and crossing continents between California and Portugal 
and how we're traveling for the holidays and how we can be safe and, um, and, and feel confident so that we can have family gatherings in a very, very positive, oh, so needed, right? Oh, so needed way. Absolutely. Oh, so needed is right. Because I think that the, that the biggest uh, fall off from the COVID-19 epidemic is really the loss of that connection, right? That personal connection. And I've, uh, I'm getting ready to travel. I'm gonna go back to the US for the holidays um, and the Azores right now. I traveled in July. I was actually here in March and then got stuck uh, basically during when everything shut down. And so on the first flight out, I went back to uh, visit my family and to take care of a few things because I had sort of left for two weeks and then ended up staying for months. But um, I think that there are certain precautions that we can take, but personally for what's best for me and for my family and for my loved ones, I have chosen to be with them. You know, I have two elderly parents, one is not doing so well. And this social disconnect has been really hard on him, particularly on my father. So I just feel that we have to take those extra precautions. You know, wash your hands frequently and wash them well. And, you know, make sure that you're using soap and warm water and wearing a mask and disinfecting your hands whenever possible. But then I have to say something, I travel a lot with the exception of maybe the last nine months. Um, and in July, when I actually uh, went to the US and then came back to the Azores, uh, it was probably, I felt the safest that I've felt uh, traveling ever. And uh, I traveled right after 9-11. Uh, because there's a lot of precautions and I think people are really being um, sensible about things and, you know, washing their hands, wearing their mask and, um, you know, distancing, especially in an airplane. So I actually feel that for me, it's worth the risk and I don't see it that great of a risk, but know that it's me and my way of thinking. Uh, when I actually came back um, to the Azores at the end of July, mid-July, um, mid to end in the 20s, 20 something, um, I was actually um, in a plane where there were some people that turned out to be that they were positive for COVID-19 for the SARS-2 virus and developed the disease. And this was a small aircraft. There's about 77, 78 with me um, on the plane and there was no person to person transmission which means that we need to really look at the literature and look at how is this virus transmitted. And as far as I can tell, with everything I've read and everybody I've listened to, and I've listened to both sides on this, I don't believe that this is an airborne virus. This is a droplet virus. This is a virus that requires close contact, right? And this is why social distancing, wearing a mask, washing your hands frequently is so important. But I feel that if this truly was an airborne virus, and I've looked at all the arguments on either side, but we do not have any studies that prove that in the real world, outside of a test tube, that this truly is airborne. We have more evidence that this is a droplet virus. And sort of my end of one, my experience being on that plane and the fact that there was no person-to-person -person transmission proves that this is not an airborne virus to my liking. Now, this Harrison, you had that said, you don't have to take precautions. yeah, definitely have to take precautions. But I remember in comparison, you said, if, for example, um, another airborne virus such as measles, right? right. And that if someone yeah. was on the back of the plane and in the front of the plane, that person in the front of the plane would get it. And we're, exactly. we're and even if it's a 300 person 
or 300 person aircraft because the air is recirculated. And we know that measles is airborne and of course also highly contagious. Yes, yeah, and, and so that's, that's the difference. So knowing that it's more airborne, we're still wearing masks in close encounters and wearing, uh, washing our hands and taking those precautions. Another thing that you do also when you travel, can you talk about what's in your bag, what's in your purse when you travel? Because you are so integrative and functional and you're going to, you know, boosting your immune system before you travel. What are you doing? Sure. And, and it's that it's a, a droplet virus and not airborne, um, just to, to make sure that people understand. So when I'm traveling, I do um, some things that people may consider a little bit weird, but Number one, I really work on my diet, my nutrition and um, movement, right? My exercise, but I don't like the word exercise. I prefer movement before I go. So make sure that I'm healthy. I sleep well the night before, but in my bag of things and the things that I do, um, I take extra vitamin C and I usually take it right before I get on the plane. If it's a long, like more than a two hour flight, then I'll take it halfway through. So I'll do a thousand before I get on, a thousand halfway through and a thousand when I get to my destination. I do the same thing with magnesium. I usually will do 200 milligrams of magnesium glycinate. I do glutathione and glutathione before COVID-19, I used to just do 250 milligrams of, uh, or 200 to 400, depending on which company I was using, of glutathione via reduced glutathione. Uh, now I do liposomal glutathione and I'll do a thousand before I get on a plane and a thousand when I get out. And I take extra D and a probiotic. And with D, it depends. Um, I usually would take 5,000 uh, international units, but if I'm around someone who's ill, I may take a higher dose, but I also know my levels. And so that, that is something that audience will wanna check with their physician and know how much they need to take. Um, and a probiotic, I just take the highest dose I can find and usually over a hundred billion uh, colony forming units. And then um, I, if I feel like I'm coming down with something, I have some throat sprays that I also use. Um, I didn't do that as much before COVID. Now I always do it before I get on the plane. And if I'm around someone where I go to the bathroom and I feel like I've been exposed or uh, if I just have any doubt that I use my gut instinct, I'll use it again. And then I also use it whenever I get to my destination. For me, I use a silver spray in my nasal passages and a throat spray. It's a silver, like a colloidal silver. I use Argentan silver. And so those are a couple of things that I use too. And the recommendation, so when you're doing, um, you're flying, do you take iodine too? Um, I take it with me. I don't always use it. Um, I, because I, I do a lot of iodine rich foods. But um, I agree with you. I do have a, an extra uh, colloidal silver spray. That is not the same one that I, that I use all the time. I'll use that if I really feel like I need more support. The same thing with the iodine. I actually have a liquid iodine that I will dilute in some water and then I just inhale it through my nasal passages and gargle it. It's a great way if I feel like I'm coming down with something to really sort of nip it in the bud. I agree. I think for iodine for me with my with flying and with my pilots and airline uh, stewards and stewardesses is just the radiation exposure too. So we're throwing that on top of everything and uh, combining that very holistic, that holistic regimen. Well, I thank you and I wish you the most wonderful of holidays and I wish we were spending it together. I'm actually looking at flights out to the Azores. So Filmena, I think really, maybe we'll- really reasonably priced. 
<laughs> right now. Right. I'd love to have you. I would, I, I look forward to it. I look forward to coming and, um, and, and joining you in one of your amazing retreats that you hold out there one day. I'm really, really grateful for this opportunity. So thank you so much for the invitation. This is one of the biggest questions that we get all the time is what do we do about travel for the holiday? So welcome back to the Girlfriend Doctor Show. And today on my couch, virtually, I wish we were in person because one of my dearest girlfriends, Dr. Elisa Song, she is a holistic pediatrician, healthy kids, happy kids is her website and she's just amazing. She has personal experience with coronavirus and dealing with this from a really functional perspective and holistic perspective as well. Elisa, welcome. Welcome to the Girlfriend Doctor Show. Thank you, Anna. I'm honored to be on and share whatever information I can with your with your audience. Well, tell us a little about your, your journey with coronavirus, very personally touched. Like I couldn't believe it when um, I learned that your son had had coronavirus. Yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's fascinating because this was back, you know, March 13th, right? Friday the 13th was when um, at least our schools went into lockdown. <laughs> and we weren't sure at that point, you know, we're, we're 11 months, 12 months into this pandemic, right? But um, if we think back to March, I mean, we knew so little and, and there was so much fear and so much panic. And, and what I did, you know, when I have fear, and panic, I dive into the facts. So I really tried to dive in and get all the facts that I could with the limited information we have. So it was a total shock to me, <laughs> you know, when uh, schools went into lockdown March 13th, Friday the 13th, and then my daughter came down with a fever, 104, 105, um, about a week into our lockdown. I'm like she has not been around anyone who's been sick. You know, what could this be? Um, at that time, you know, I didn't even have capacity to check a COVID swab. I mean, it was, I was on the wait list request to send me swabs. And so I checked her for flu. I checked her for strep throat, negative. I finally got the swabs in, negative COVID, negative COVID. On her third test, she turned positive, right? So then we knew, oh my gosh, she has COVID. But in the meantime, my son had started to get sick, but he didn't have the fever or the cough that my daughter did. Um, you know, my daughter had symptoms for about Oh, maybe 10 days. And then on day 10, and I was giving her all of these integrative functional medicine supplements. Day 10, she it's like the light turned on and she was back to her normal self, perfectly fine. My How old son, are your children? So Kenzie at the time uh, was 10. She's almost 11 now. My son was eight. He just turned nine. So they were 10 and eight. Um, and, you know, and back then we knew very little, almost nothing about how kids were doing with COVID. So, you know, in all of this, as I'm doing this research and trying to figure out how to support my patients and my online, you know, mamas and papas to really take that functional medicine approach to COVID, I was thinking, wow, how on earth do my kids get COVID? Um, but in a way, as I think about it, it was such, an, uh, such a valuable learning experience for me so that I could go through the fear, I could go through the panic and be able to bring more calm to all the mamas out there, right? Because as mamas, that's, that's the most terrifying thing to have a sick kid. Um, but Bodhi, you know, he presented with symptoms um, that were at that, at that point noted, not really noted to be COVID symptoms. He had severe abdominal pain. Um, you know, that was his predominant symptom. Now we know that people who present with GI symptoms seem like they do worse, are more at risk for more severe outcomes. Um, he had a really bad headache. Um, he had a low grade fever. 
he had hallucinations, right? We're recognizing now all the neurologic and the psychiatric symptoms, but he was seeing shadows and scary people moving across the room. Um, he was hearing really mean, scary voices. Um, and I'm sitting there thinking, oh my gosh, what is going on? Because of course I tested him for COVID um, and his first test negative, second test negative. Now we know, you know how unreliable much of the testing is. Um, and, you know, his oxygen levels start to go down and down and down. So at a certain point, I just knew, okay, it's time to go to the, go to the ER. You know, we're heading into the end of the first week. That's when we knew for adults, they would have this little honeymoon, maybe get better and then start crashing. So in my heart, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, we're at this seven day mark. Is he going to crash? Um, so my husband and daughter drove us to the ER and, you know, that was, probably the single most frightening uh, experience I've ever had. Because when we were saying goodbye at the ER door, only one parent could come in. Um, I, you know, I'm looking at Kenzie, I'm looking at Peter, and I'm trying to hold it together because I really had no idea what was gonna happen, how long we would be there, what was gonna be the outcome, right? I mean, part of me, I don't even like to say these words, but part of me was literally thinking, like, what if we both don't come out, right? Um, so, you know, oh, Lisa, as, as, oh my gosh, to be going through that, right? And knowing yeah. everything you know and of having helping so many others, right? And and to be at that point where where you felt that, oh my God. Yeah. And you know, and at that point I'd already uh, been doing a ton of research on what, you know, nutritional, you know, dietary supplements, which herbs may be helpful. I knew at that point that melatonin was helpful. Um zinc, vitamin C, glutathione to protect the lungs, um, you know, uh, specialized pro-resolving mediators. So in the hospital, I actually brought my little goodie bag and, and you know, his oxygen levels were starting to drop. And, um, you know, that first night when we were there, we were, we were only there for about 36 hours, which, you know, I count my blessings and, and our blessings because I really do believe it was because of the functional medicine interventions that I was able to do that he turned around so quickly from his oxygen levels in the 80s to literally overnight weaning off of his oxygen and then being monitored for another half day and, you know, leaving the hospital. Uh, I wish I could show you guys the picture of the, you know, there's a picture that I put on healthy, uh, my Healthy Kids Happy Kids Instagram and Facebook pages of the afternoon with Came home because literally he was dancing in our yard, jumping on the trampoline like nothing had ever happened. Um, and so, and that, that's you know my mission now is to really educate parents um, on what they can do through this pandemic to support themselves and their kids' immune systems. Uh, because really and truly, you know, right now it's not about never ever getting sick, right? That's not what flattening the curve was ever about. Um, you know, what, what we want to do is make our immune system so resilient that even if we do get sick, even if we do need to be hospitalized, even if we do, you know, have a worse course, that we come out of it 100%, right? Fully recovered, um, true resilience. Uh, because now what we're finding is, um, you know, upwards of maybe 90% of people, children and adults are being identified with what are called, quote, long haul symptoms, right? This chronic fatigue, chronic aches and pains, um, chronic brain fog, um, shortness of breath. So, you know, we want to make sure that that doesn't happen to anybody. And thankfully, you know, the things that I think really turned Bodhi around so quickly um, were uh, vitamin D, melatonin, um, specialized pro-resolving mediators. I mean, those are the things that I really, you know, I want people to know about. And I'm so grateful that you're doing this show so that people can know, okay, we don't have to sit here 
like sitting ducks during the whatever the media is calling the twindemic. <laughs> you know, we have the power to really um, build up this resilience as we head into the winter. And it's never too late to keep working on that. That is so true. So Lisa, give us those um, give us those supplements again and then the dosages. So with vitamin C, how much and then also thinking like how would you have done it differently knowing what you know now? Like when yeah. You first started with the symptoms. What is what is it we need to do with our children, with ourselves? Yeah, you know, I think the first part uh, of really thinking about how do we approach the winter time uh, is really thinking about what do we need to keep our immune system as supported as possible, so that if we do get exposed and contract COVID, we'll be you know that majority that do really well, right? Because we know that that now the death rate has gone down significantly than what we were seeing in the spring. Um, where you know hospitalization rates are are, about, are stable. You know we do see people who are being hospitalized and, and being admitted to the ICU, but um, it's again it's really now this recognition that yes people are doing better, um, much better, thankfully, but uh, more and more people are developing these chronic post-COVID complications. And what's really interesting with that demographic, I mean, I say interesting, but, you know, it's also, I think for us and, you know, for all of you guys listening to the, the Girlfriend Doctor Show, is that um, the demographic for people who are developing these long-haul symptoms is actually very different seeming than the people who are more at risk for serious complications because we know the people who are more at risk for serious complications who are they they're the elderly they are uh, people with chronic illnesses with diabetes and heart disease with obesity um, the demographic now that is being seen to maybe be more at risk um, for post-COVID complications and long-haul symptoms are actually women who are fit and healthy, you know, in their 40s, um, you know, who really didn't have any prior um, uh, existing chronic conditions. So this is where we just, we don't want to have panic, you know, we don't want to have fear. We want to just enter into this with knowledge that, okay, this can happen. What can I do? How can I empower myself, my family, so that, you know, we can recover quickly and fully, but also recover 100%, um, maybe even stronger than the next time, right? Because that's part of training our immune system is every time we get sick, we want our, our immune system to have some memory of how to do it even better the next time we get sick. Um, so I would start, you know, what would I have done differently? You know, I think back then I would have really buckled down uh, with uh, the diet and lifestyle recommendations that I recommend to everybody. And what would I have done? I would have really, um, you know, prioritized sleep, you know, in the in those beginning times, uh, you know, when we were all in lockdown. I mean, a lot of us took that as, hey, it's a vacation, right? I mean, schools weren't really prepared uh, to teach children to a large extent remotely. Um, many schools, not all schools, but you know, many schools were not prepared. So there really wasn't much in the way of instruction. Um, and so it really did kind of feel like a, a vacation, right? Um, you know, we had, uh, we, I mean, Peter and Bodhi and Kenzie, we were staying up watching family movies, right? You know, then they'd, then they'd wake up at whatever time, baking. I mean, how many of us started baking during this time, right? Getting a lot more sugar in than, than you know, we're used to. Um, or, or, you know, maybe then, then we would have otherwise had, um, you know, and certainly that was the case with us. I mean, Kenzie became like a little 10-year-old baking maniac, you know, every morning. So I would have really buckled down and said, okay, 
we're going to prioritize sleep, making sure that as adults, Peter and I get at least, you know, seven to eight hours of sleep at night. Um, the kids get 10 to 12 hours at night. Um, and, you know, we really focus on making sure that our, our food is nutrient dense, right? All of those phytonutrients. Um, I have a food as medicine, you know, for coronavirus handout because all of the nutrients that we know can be really helpful in supporting our immune systems. We can get from food, um, you know, diet and lifestyle are first and foremost. Supplements are next. And I get that for a lot of kids who are not eating, you know, bowlfuls of vegetables at every meal. So it may be that they do need to take supplements. Um, but zinc is a really important supplement. I would have really upped. And in fact, I did buy, you know, as all this was happening, <laughs> I bought bags and bags of um, organic pumpkin seeds, right? Because it's such a rich source of zinc. So zinc, we know, can be helpful um, with, with coronavirus. Um, uh, quercetin, which is found in all of your, uh, you know, red apples and red onions and uh, spinach and, you know, lots of great yummy antioxidant rich foods. Um, glutathione is really important for protecting your lungs uh, and also really can be helpful in uh, for people who are sick in preventing your immune system from going haywire, right? That cytokine storm that everyone's heard of by now, uh, but glutathione are all of your, your yummy, you know, sulfur-rich vegetables, right? Your cauliflower, your kale, your cabbage, your broccoli, your Brussels sprouts. Um, you know, we try to have some cruciferous vegetables every day. Um, and I would have really prioritized exercise, right? You know, during school, I mean, it's amazing how little we are moving, even as a family that prioritizes exercise, how little we're moving relative to what we were doing pre-pandemic. Um, so now as we head into the, the winter and the darker, you know, earlier, darker hours, we need to be more creative about how we're going to be able to get in our movement um, because we may not have time after we get home from work or, you know, after school to go on that family walk that maybe we were doing because it's just too dark. Um, so one of the, the supplements I think uh, that really is important though, because it's hard to get enough from food and it's really mm, in the non-summer months, at least here in the Northern hemisphere, we can't really get enough from the sun. So this is right, sunshine's vitamin, it's vitamin D. Um, vitamin D is hands down, pandemic or no, the vitamin that I recommend for every single family, child, and adult uh, in the winter months because it's been found to be helpful in uh, preventing influenza in school children, um, you know, can help, uh, you know, prevent lots of different upper respiratory illnesses, right? Um, and in the case of COVID-19, uh, vitamin D, I think was one of the most helpful things for Bodhi. When he got sick, I gave him a, a kind of a big, what some people would call um, I've heard it called the hammer, you know, a bigger dose all at once. It's 100,000 units. That's I mean, right. 100,000. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. That's right. For adults, 100,000 I use, you know, one time, right? Not every day that you're sick, but one time, you know, for, for my children who are eight and 10, I gave them, I think like 40,000, you know, in the beginning. Uh, but why is vitamin D so important? Vitamin D, of course, it supports your immune system. It's, it's amazing for your brain. So if your children or you are having anxiety or focus and attention problems with school or work, vitamin D is so critical. But in this case with COVID-19, it's what we call an immune modulator, right? What we want to remember when we get sick is that um, inflammation 
in the early stages of illness is good, that acute inflammation is helpful for us to fight infections. We don't want zero inflammation. So it's not about suppressing inflammation. What we do want though, is once the infection has been dealt with, we want our immune system to say, hey, you've done your job, inflammation. Let's come on down. Let's go back to balance. Let's go back to baseline. What happens for some people who are heading into cytokine storm or sepsis is their immune system just goes, stays up. And it can go up and up and up into that cytokine storm. And, you know, we know that the NLRP3 inflammasome is what's, what's uh, um, activated with sepsis and cytokine storm. There's something called CD147. Doesn't matter what they're called. Vitamin D can help our immune system when inflammation's done its job to come back down to normal, right? Doesn't suppress it. It helps to just equalize it. So that's the immune... Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I agree with you. That is probably hands down one of the most important ones, especially early on. And I can talk to you about this all day. Elisa, just to wrap, like, so now we, we're better prepared, right? And yep. as we're traveling for the holidays, we can feel more confident because, you know, the we are really working on that resilience image, right? Strengthening our body, strengthening yep. our immune system with all of the things that you've touched on today. And so that we can be less fearful as we, as we travel or as we go about connecting with our families at this really special time of the year as well. So, and I, well, I'm going to refer, you have that food as medicine handout on your website. We'll put a link in our show notes so that people can go to dranna.com and go to my show and you will find the show notes for that and your recommendations as well. So with that, I want to wish you an amazing holiday season. And so grateful for your information and sharing your story of Brody. I can't imagine. I mean, I know that was just a terrifying to, you know, moment to have, but thankfully you were prepared. You had your armamentarium ready. And as everyone who is listening today should also like, what's in your cupboard? What's in your travel bag? <laughs> what are we doing to keep ourselves healthy, right? Absolutely. Thank you for being here, Elisa. Thank you for your time today. And I look forward to catching up with you more. We're going to be circling back together very shortly today, actually. (laughs) So I'll see you again soon. All right. Thank you so much, Dr. Anna. Traveling for the holidays is a concern for so many of us, and we want to stay healthy during this time. We've heard from our guests, Philmena and Elisa, today on their perspective, preventive measures, as well as what to do if you get sick. And I think that's critically important. But how do we approach traveling this season? It's important to get together. It's important to stay connected. Isolation is one of the worst experiences anyone can have, that feeling of isolation and being alone and not being able to connect with those you love. So doing it safely and taking those precautions is really is really important. And I do believe that we have this consensus. You maybe have children coming home from college or you're traveling to loved ones, seeing your elderly parents, especially that first week, taking extra precautions and wearing your mask, washing your hands really well and close, you know, wearing your mask in close situations and doing those precautions, keeping up your vitamin C, your vitamin D, using um, throat spray, nasal spray, zinc lozenges, uh, those to keep you from, from getting infected and also to support your immune system if you are infected. And then when you do travel, what do you do when you go to your, you've traveled, say for example, by plane and you end up at your friend's home 
and taking those precautions, maybe testing on day four with COVID testing. And by the time you get those results back, and if you're still asymptomatic by day seven, then you likely, you likely aren't contagious, likely aren't um, spreading the disease. If you are symptomatic, retest and take all the precautions and everything that you've heard about today and that you'll hear about more in an upcoming episode as we dig deeper into treatments um, and supporting our immune system around this, around this coronavirus, around any viruses that we can be exposed to. So it is about supporting our immune system and supporting each other in community and continuing to connect, which I, you know, one of my pillars is to embrace and having important, healthy relationships, not feeling alone. So reach out to those that you love during this holiday season. Reach out, connect. If you can connect and safely in person, do so. And otherwise, connect virtually and send out those cards too. I love, I've been receiving some handwritten cards lately and writing some. It's a great gift to give during this holiday season. So with that, thank you for being here and watching the Girlfriend Doctor Show. Be sure to subscribe and share these episodes. And I love hearing from you. Don't forget to go to my website at dranna.com and click on the show notes and you'll get more of the information. And look forward to seeing you next time on the Girlfriend Doctor Show. Thanks for being with us today. <music>